Hello and welcome back to Security Insights, the podcast that takes a deeper look at today's most important issues in cybersecurity and beyond. I'm Stephen Pritchard, editor and presenter. 5G is a technology with a huge amount of promise. From a security point of view, though, it also comes with a fair bit of risk. The idea of ubiquitous, high-speed and mobile connectivity is appealing to businesses and to consumers, removing the last remaining shackles of fixed networks and overcoming the capacity, speed and even cost issues associated with existing mobile technology. 5G, some say, is as good as a fixed network, but with all the benefits of mobile. And, as a result, we expect to see a real revolution in connected technology, in the Internet of Things, and especially across industries such as logistics and transportation, but with other applications too, from telemedicine to public safety. But, and it is a big but, 5G also comes with a potential and significant security impact. We could be looking at a far, far greater attack surface, and organisations will need to adapt if they're going to run most, or perhaps even all, of their business processes outside of the conventional perimeter. These issues are very much front of mind for our guest this week. Nathan Howe is VP of Emerging Technologies and 5G at cloud security company Zscaler. I started by asking him what's really happening with 5G, how much of it is out there, and where is it being deployed? That it hits on two very key issues, I think, about 5G. One is, um, although the technology in itself, and I can go into the specifics in a minute about it, are is very revolutionary in terms of where we're heading in the future of technology, um, the uptake is primarily within the consumer market today, and that's primarily in terms of I can watch videos or consume the internet faster. Um, that's where the primary area is. Um, there's certainly a lot of uh, research around and certainly some experimentation uh, in other areas. Um, and 5G brings a lot of really interesting technologies and designs to build out in government, in logistics, in any industry. Um, but there, I think the, the thing that we're missing at the moment is that kind of killer app to deliver this. Um, if you think about 4G really had things like um, your uh, Airbnbs, your Ubers the, that really drove the kind of uptick of that interactive from a mobile phone device connectivity to the services in the cloud. The 5G isn't there yet because we really haven't seen that technology shift yet. We'll have to give it another couple of years, maybe 12 months before we see the full up uptake of that. But um, connectivity today, I always like to joke about this with my with my friends, is if you see on your phone that you have a 5G signal, you probably have a 5G radio signal. But the back end, all the stuff that is related to the core and the connectivity is probably still 4G. It probably hasn't gone through the proper revolution yet. Um, with that being said, the biggest thing that I think is most important for the enterprise world, the industry, for, for us working with companies to, to deal with, is the advent of private 5G. And I think that's the biggest shift that we're going to see away see within the industry. Um, public 4G, well, public 4G was everywhere. Everyone used 4G for everything. Um, 5G, because of its ability to be um, decentralized, also allows enterprises to stand up their own 5G ecosystem. And that's where... I do believe the biggest shifts will come um, quicker from enterprises that want to build a 5G platform, for example, in a factory uh, because of the benefits of low latency, et cetera, et cetera, uh, to deliver our connectivity almost 
an extension, a replacement for Wi-Fi in that regards. Um, I think we'll see that probably being the most interesting area. But yeah, it's it's an uptick is 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 certainly there, but it's just waiting for those kind of killer apps to for the consumer world, and then for the business world is where does that does that fit, and what technology will it usurp? Um, is the question. Possibly then we could see three markets emerging. So the standardized public access replacement for 4G supplement to 4G mobile phones, that's well understood. Then you've got the private networks that you're talking about, which is potentially a replacement for Wi-Fi and other forms of enterprise connectivity. Between those two, is there a managed layer that's going to exist? So, for example, in urban network areas, local authorities, transportation, those type of things where they want to have a controlled network, but they still want to leverage the economies of scale of the public facing technology. I believe so. I think one of the biggest things that 5G does bring is that you're not locked into any one sort of network. And if you think about it today, your your cell phone, your mobile phone is the best way to say it's basically an SD-WAN box in your pocket. So it connects to wireless when wireless is available. It connects to 4G when that's available, 5G or Bluetooth or even cable nowadays as well. So it that becomes, I think, the, 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 to your point, is is the devices can be multi-honed. Then how can enterprises, organizations, as you said, consume that, that, that the, the economy of scale to be able to leverage that? And I think that's where, if I look at what 5G really does bring, it brings another network path, but a more efficient, much more effective, faster, low-latency network path. How do you then overlay the security uh, the access, the controls on top of that. And I use the word overlay intentionally there because that's where I think as far as Zscaler as a company is concerned, we see the mechanisms as another network. Yes, it's a very effective network, but the controls, the connectivity to your point, um, why not leverage that network? Why not leverage the wireless network when it's available? Why not just consume the underlying, and I don't want to disparage this by saying it like this, but the underlying pipes of connectivity uh, to then get access to what is needed. Is then security a big concern? And it has been highlighted potentially as a concern by various analysts over the last few years. But, you know, are we seeing particular attacks against 5G networks, for example? Are we seeing vulnerabilities being discovered? Uh, why would it be a security worry? So like with any network, there's uh, any new infrastructure, there's a lot of learnings. And one of the biggest differences around 4G, 5G, and, and so forth is that 5G is a is a distributed environment. It can be. It can also be centralized as well. But one of the biggest parts of the, the standard is it allowing it to run in a distributed mechanism. So you can have, and I'll use a, a popular example. So Amazon, if you buy a sol solution from a 5G solution from Amazon, Amazon Web Services today, all they do is they ship you some SIM cards and they ship you some antennas. And you plug those into an, a standard internet-connected infrastructure, and you control everything from the AWS cloud. So you now have this completely distributed ecosystem of devices on a 5G network connected to a radio network inside of your wider LAN or WAN, and it's being connected back to orchestration in the cloud. So the key here is that that is now somehow connected. Now it's going to be, again, as we always see, um, uh, the things like an expanded attack surface. We're going to see um, services that are net new, so people have to go and learn about them. So there's technologies that perhaps are not properly understood. And are they going to be managed? Uh, to your earlier question, um, well, it depends on on the, the company. And I think one of the biggest things that we see about 5G, especially in terms of like, like the, the Amazon services, is that enterprises don't want to be 
IT shops. They don't want to be 5G specialists. They want to consume a service. So it becomes, well, we have this thing, then what security risk does it bring to us? And so again, the method, the method, the method of, of expanding the attack surface is one. But the biggest part I think that becomes a 5G focus is that workloads or the things that we consume as users or as um, IoT and OT things, the, the, the applications that we're connecting to, they're going to move. They're not going to be centralized. They're going to be even more distributed. And one of the big things that 5G brings is edge compute closer down to the actual consuming user or device. Um, and that in itself opens up more attack surface, more network paths, more routes, all these things that we see as being a, um, a traditional kind of, well, new network, new way of working. Let's just connect it and make it work and then deal with security later. And I think that's the biggest challenge we face with 5G today is that there's the infrastructure part and then there's the application and workload part. And those two are not connected in terms of an enterprise delivery. They kind of want to have the underlying network and have the applications be somewhere else or be wherever they need to be and not really care, just make it work. And those tend to lead to security concerns, like you mentioned before, attacks against infrastructure, attacks against um, the services. Um, of course, those are the typical things that we see, but there's a that's the reason why when it comes to security, I think focusing on distributed security controls is key. Um, understanding that you can't centralize security in one data center or one edge or one cloud is not going to work. You have to be able to apply that in a distributed mechanism, much like the 5G standard calls out. But there's nothing inherent in the 5G technology that makes it less secure than 4G or Wi-Fi. Not particularly, no. Um, the, the one thing I will say is both 4G, 5G, and Wi-Fi are very network-centric in that I want to connect an IP address to an IP address. I want to route uh, traffic from one uh, network segment to another network segment. Even with 5B, 5G being distributed, the underlying controls are still over, over an IP layer. And if you look at, for example, um, one of the big selling points of 5G, which is the idea of network slicing so that you can create virtualized networks within a physical network infrastructure of 5G, um, that is done using a VPN. It's literally creating an, a, a spun up dedicated VPN, again, network anchored. And that anchoring in the IP connectivity is no different than 4G or, or Wi-Fi. Um, and obviously has its control con constraints because once you have a network, you need to route your traffic to a control point within that network to apply your controls. Um, and that's one of the big things that at Zscale we see very differently is that we don't see the need to apply controls in the network. We want to go up a few layers and provide controls between layers four and eleven, and sorry, layers four and seven, as we would say um, uh, in in the, uh, the OSI model, but basically giving a better control on a per application basis rather than doing it at a network level. So for us, again, I hate to disparage it, but it's an underlying pipe more than anything else. That then brings in the question of how to differentiate the security risks of what you're trying to do. So there will be some applications on 5G, just as there are on 4G, and in fact, all the way going back to SMS, which are relatively low risk administrative purposes. You know, there's not a lot of data being moved and the data that's being moved is probably not particularly sensitive those applications are there and that level of security is adequate, then you've got other applications that are much higher risk, uh, much more critical to the operations and potentially a much more attractive target. So as soon as you start moving personal information around, as soon as you start things, uh, an example that comes to mind is surveillance photography or surveillance video. That's something that a lot of public safety authorities are very interested in. 5G is a good enabler technology for that because it reduces the cost of deploying those systems it reduces the latency which is very important in terms of being able to action 
the information that they provide, but you are massively increasing the attack surface. So how would you go about then differentiating that and creating a security structure or security policy for an organization using 5G that allows them to tailor the security according to the risk? Yeah, you bring up a really interesting point and you nailed it specifically in your introduction there about the differentiation. So why would I provide... Uh, generic security controls when I have stuff that is, as you said, a very simple path of control of application access versus very complicated and very risky or very well-protected services. And that, that's exactly the crux of how Zscaler sees it, is that differentiation or uh, other people say granularity of, of, of access. And you want to be able to specify those things. And so when we look at the 5G world, there's a big step forward from uh, just simply having a network path for users or for, for the um, the user plane, the, the data plane, uh, which just goes from the mobile phone or from the cell uh, SIM all the way through to the internet. And we see that being different now. And, and 5G also introduced, as I mentioned, the idea of network slicing to differentiate those functions. Um, but one of the biggest differences is that, again, that's a network thing that we see it as in terms of, well, we have a named object initiating a connection. So it could be me, could be yourself, could be a sensor on my heater here or something else, um, then that is initiating a connection. How do we differentiate that? And then how do we differentiate what it's trying to consume? And then based upon what it is and where it's going, how do we apply the right pol policies and controls? So an example would be if that IoT sensor sitting on my heater tries to go to YouTube, that's not right. It shouldn't be doing that versus... Um, if I'm going to some sort of AWS Greengrass ecosystem, well, that could be okay, depending on the context, if I'm allowed, if I'm an authorized admin. So understanding those contexts is critical to, to the way in which we see the world, and not only within 5G, but also within any network. And that's why I come back to the point of being that overlay is 5G for us allows us to then also provide additional differentiation than we would, for, for example, on a wireless network. Or in a wireless network, you might get a, a MAC address and you might be able to provide some sort of VLAN identity to a device. But within 5G, there's much more information that can be consumed, not just about the SIM, but also about the, the network slice, as an example, or additional information that can be calculated not only from the radio access network, how far away is that device from the antenna? Does that give it certain allowances? Given the granular nature and the specific nature of the 5G signal, um, can we start using that as a mechanism to provide that differentiation uh, for access? That is really critical to the way in which we see the world. Zscale has always been based based on the idea of specific, specific named access to, uh, for that identity initiator going to an identified destination, um, this just gives us an extra layer of information to bring in to contextualize those granular controls. And so to your point, with that all being said, is it's a matter of making sure we have that very specific, specific allowance to that specific destination and applying the right controls rather than a generic control path for everything. Um, and then finally making sure we send it the right way. So it's not just a matter of getting the traffic and passing it through a control layer and then saying yes or no, depending on what it is, but also making sure it's going the right way. And that's actually a big part of 5G is making sure the efficiencies are there for certain traffic flows. You don't want to send um, a low latency service to the other side of the world when you can do it locally. Uh, and being intelligent about that is key. So that's one of the, the areas we see that differentiation, granularity, allowing us to make very specific, very unique decisions um, in terms of that, that kind of lack of a better word, that, that least privileged connectivity. 
That raises, though, two further questions. One is, how does an organization compile a list of these applications and what they do, their behaviors, understand as you introduce new devices and new applications and new workflows, how those behaviors will change? And then the second part is, how does security by design fit in here? And we've certainly seen initiatives coming out from the EU in the UK and elsewhere about trying to harden devices before they're deployed. It's not specific to 5G, but I think it's very relevant to 5G to ensure that when you do deploy new technologies, you're not deploying a new security vulnerability at the same time. Yeah, and I think to your first point around kind of, I guess, lack of a better word, inventory, um, understanding what one has, whenever I ask any enterprise, and even in my life, historically, um, when I worked one of my previous companies about inventory, there's no black and white there. It's not a final answer. And I think it's very similar to any sort of IT journey. Um, there needs to be an allowance of, okay, we have this. How can we then differentiate all of the things inside? But then the question that comes down to, do we need to differentiate it down to that granular level? I think that's a, a question for each enterprise. And what I like to challenge enterprises about or every company about is, well, if you don't know, can you start differentiating down to, for example, site, function? Uh, uh, is it going to, uh, is it a cloud-hosted service? Any way you could start providing granular con a level of contextual granular control is a good start. Um, and there's two aspects to that, of course. There's the initiator, what is creating the, correct, the connection, and the destination. Now, if it's an internet-based service, it's really relatively easy to say, okay, that's Microsoft 365. There's an API, we can go and call and, and grab that information. Um, and there's a lot of things with cloud-based services that allow us to do that. If it's a private application, something inside the ecosystem, well, it's more often than not the telco is not going to have that ability to understand that. You need to contextualize it in a different way. Um, and that's where we, we as a platform provide a lot of insight into our customers as to what they're accessing. But then again, just because you're running something on port 80 doesn't mean it's a web service. Anyone can run anything. So you need to understand that not just through the, oh, I've seen a connection on port 80, but what was that header? What was that con con the context around that? Uh, does the company have the ability to provide insights? Those sort of things. So there's a base level categorization that we, we would ask customers to start with. But then one of the big advantages with the platform Zscaler provides, because we're doing named user or named initiator to named destination, we can start creating maps and start telling them, by the way, we're seeing a lot of traffic going to port 3389 on these types of services. And we can ask the customer, is this RDP? And of course, we build a lot of our ML into this to help provide more insights. But that then is about visibility and creating kind of those buckets of inventory. And then you the, you could go into infinitesimal levels of granularity. It down, it's down to how much work does an enterprise want to put into this journey towards that kind of zero trustee protection thing. The second part in terms of your question about security, security by design, I think that, that one in itself is, is two parts. Um, I, I believe it was a couple of weeks ago, if not maybe last month, the, the US government under CISA announced they're going to bring out this sort of star rating for IoT devices. So like, you know, today we have energy um, ratings. If you buy a product on the shelf, it tells you it's four-star energy, one-star energy. Similar to that, uh, the goal is there. And I think that's actually quite beneficial to the future of where we're going. Um, because right now, IoT tends to be driven by cost. What is the cheapest possible thing that I can get to do the job I need to do? And 
that doesn't necessarily encourage security by design. So I think by having uh, not necessarily a national, but a recommendation board like this to say this is a this this service has been protected or is being protected by whatever function it might be is one. The second part of that answer, I think, is key to understanding that um, nothing will always be perfectly secure. There's always going to be a new vulnerability. Look at the OpenSSL one this week. Um, we have to deal with those on a, on a daily basis. So there needs to be a uh, when we are providing these security by designs, the key thing there is comes down to a basic level of IT, not just IoT, OT, but patches, software development life cycles. How do we manage this? And if we can't, because it's legacy, and like that's you know, we can always throw a USB card on with a 5G SIM card on a Windows 95 box if you wanted to. Not that you would, but probably someone will. Um, the question then becomes of how do I then isolate that so that it is not exposed to additional risks as well? So that isolation that comes down to, oh, I've identified this. It's a legacy box. It can't be patched for whatever reason. How do I isolate that? So the security by design is, is for to me, really, I guess, two or three things. One is, of, of course, ensuring that there's a proper software development lifecycle. And of course, there's a limit to that. We can never ask someone to support software for 100 years because who knows? I mean, the TCP IP stack is only 30 plus years old, so 40, 40 years old. Um, it's older than me, so it's 40 plus years old. <laughs> um, but the there's always going to be some evolutionary thing we have to draw a line on. And that's when that drawing the line, we have to think about coming back to my first point, which is inventory, and then inventory allowing us to differentiate that and isolate that. Um, it becomes more for business logic than a lesser technology. So it's a long-winded answer, I'm aware, but it's um it covers a bit of those breadth of across both those areas, and it is not an easy answer for anyone. So the point then really is around general information security and cyber hygiene perhaps and there is nothing inherently that you're pointing to that is riskier about 5g networks other than the fact that they can do more absolutely i think that 5g is just a, and, and as much as it's a fantastic set of infrastructure and it can do a lot of things it does bring the same security risks that we see in every other network exposure um of 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 a wider set of, of attacks, different paths, um, different risk actors. Um, and I think that the cyber hygiene exactly is, is, is a very, very good point. But also thinking about the basic security of like, well, if I'm going to send traffic across the network, I'm going to encrypt it. Um, and I'm going to do it from the client to the destination. I'm not going to do it on the network edge, I'm going to do it from the client so I can ensure there's a pass-through and protection, integrity checking of data, um, those sort of things. And I think those standard security functions don't differentiate in 5G, especially when it's a, a user or a, um, a device connecting over 5G. The backend 5G infrastructure and its functionality does shift differently to a different way of working. Um, but again, it's it's network-based and it's going to be interconnections. It's another set of infrastructure that enterprises need to consider or hand off to a service provider. But yes, the same security challenges face us in every new network that we deal with. And just lastly, and with that in mind, the edge, because 5G is very much an enabling technology for the edge. There's a lot of good reasons for deploying out to the edge and doing more processing at the edge. Um, you talked about ML as well. Again, putting artificial intelligence and machine learning into the edge has huge benefits. But again, do we fully understand the security impact of doing more work at the edge? And what do CISOs need to do to lock that down or at least minimize the risk? Yeah, I realize this is <laughs> this is going to be a long-winded answer, but I'll try and keep it short. The key with the edge is we need to think about it 
not as another data center. We need to think of it as, as an extension to our distributed cloud. Today, most of our enterprises are moving their workloads from data centers into a cloud ecosystem where they have a centralized uh, solution to manage it, either it be through some automation or some sort of Lambda script or whatever it might be in whatever ecosystem. Um, that needs to continue into the edge. And the difference being is that when you determine your policy or your controls, I want to run this service, rather than saying, I want to run this in my Amazon EC2 instance in Washington in the US, I can say I want to run it in this uh, machine that's running on the edge next to this antenna somewhere in a building, I don't know, in, in Tokyo. Um, and it's just another layer of that control. So two, for me, there's really two things. One is understanding the way in which we can orchestrate that that becomes the key for CISOs to think about is what is the orchestration mechanism? Is it going to be another platform we have to manage and maintain? Ideally, you want to kind of deal with what you already know. Look at the Amazons, the Microsofts, they already have solutions in place to help you deal with this. Um, and the second part is then, well, whilst I have visibility, how do I know the security is being maintained um, in that edge platform? Um, and that's where, again, coming back to the overlay, there's communication security, and then there's obviously the security of the system in play. So you need to have some sort of integrated cloud, in this case, edge, but extended to the edge, native um, kind of posture assessment to be able to then query that and say, hey, where are we? What's the control? Do we have the right controls in place? If not, what are the actions we have to take? And I think that becomes a goal. Now, I won't say that all edge services are created equal. We have certain, I'm certainly dealing with a lot of different edge providers um, and, and, and in different ways of orchestrating them. They all have the same goal, which is to be as centrally orchestrated as possible, but it's not a unified playing field today. Um, no one vendor can do it all. And so I think that like with anything within a CISO's role, you need to look at what is the path of least resistance to give you the most control and visibility without making it too complex for the business to go and run their whatever workload in, in the edge it might be. So potentially allow these to develop, but uh, keep, a, keep a watchful eye on the security that is coming with it. And if it isn't, add that in. Correct. And then there are players out there today. Like I mentioned, Amazon allows you to run workloads today within 5G, private 5G, public 5G and their edges. Microsoft has similar things. I think Google is also developing something. So there are big partners that most enterprises already have out there playing in this space, but whether they have the, the reach to all the possible edges you're going to work out with, that has to be discussed. And I think that's a strategic conversation to have. The technologies are there, but how unified they are, that's really down to each company's direction. And Nathan Howe from Zscaler, thank you very much. Thank you. Nathan Howe of Zscaler on how organizations should be talking to their technology partners now about how they can better understand their organizational or network edge and how they can take advantage of 5G in a way that doesn't compromise security. That, though, is all for this episode of Security Insights. We'll be back in two weeks' time where we'll be looking at the threat posed by fake applications and fake clients in the cloud. Until then, of course, you can catch up on our past programmes on the website, securityinsights.co.uk, and on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Amazon, and Spotify. Thanks again for listening.